Welcome back to Gardening Talk, back on to when you are FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you once again. Looking well? Good to see you. Uh, warming up outside again at the it's, moment. Yeah, it's going to be hot tomorrow. Yes, the aircon tricks you, doesn't it? Uh, but uh, you go out into it and it's yeah, really dry and hot. What do you got for us today, Scott? I thought we'd talk about gardenias. Uh, they're a plant we don't talk about too often, but uh, they are a really great staple plant for the garden. Uh, Jacaranda is my most hated plant. They're out in flower at the moment. And a plant called a celeriac, which I've been using in cooking most recently. Celeriac. Celeriac. Very good. I can never say that one properly. I got in trouble the other day, so you oh, correct right. me. I was all over it. <laughs> good. <laughs> and we've got Rob from Valentine, and he needs advice about his lawn. Hello, Rob. How can we help you today? Yeah, g'day, Scott. Um, this might sound like a silly question, but I'm going on holidays, and years ago I saw something in Bunnings where you could spray it on your lawn to so it slows the growth down, because I don't want to get back after um, three weeks and and be uh, have a jungle out the front of my house. It's, do you know what I'm talking about? Or, yeah, or, um, what I'm thinking about is uh, there was a product called StressGuard. Uh, I think it's still called the same thing. And yep. it puts a polymer coating over the leaves of a plant. You can use it on any plant. And effectively, it slows down the, the transpiration, the breathing of the plant. Uh, so it also helps if your uh, lawn or any plant is stressed as well. You can put that on there just to slow the whole thing down. Uh, so, look, I think that's what you might be looking for. It's called StressGuard. And yep. uh, you can certainly, it's going to help your lawn, uh, you know, while you're away, uh, when it's really, really dry and there's no rain. Um, so, yeah, yep. look, I'd, I'd give that one a try. And, mate, there's no such thing as a, a stupid question on this show. <laughs> we, 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 reserve, we reserve the right to give stupid answers, but uh, no such thing as a stupid question. So it won't uh, ruin it, uh, like, when I'll get back and it won't um, ruin the growth or anything like that? No, no, look, it, it just hoses off again over time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I appreciate your help on that one. Okay, not a problem, Rob. Thanks for that. Thanks, Scott. Bye. Cheers, thanks, Rob. We've got Peter now from Waratah West, and he's got a question about the eucalypts. Hi, Peter. How can we help you, mate? Uh, Scott, um, there's a, a stringy bark, or what we used to call a stringy bark. It's probably not that, but um, it's loose. Oh, oh, Peter. I hope he's all right. I hope he's all right, too. Just as he was about to get to... The stringy bark eucalyptus. I wonder what's oh. happening with it. Uh, look, I guess we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, look, there are stringy bark eucalyptus out there. They make a little bit of a mess with their bark going everywhere in their leaves. Uh, he might be going to talk about leaves dropping at the moment. I'd just say that's because of the really, really dry conditions uh, that we're, we're suffering from out there. Uh, look, obviously eucalypts are going to cope the best, but um, it may just be that he's got it in a, uh, you know, over a rocky shelf or something like that where it hasn't got a good t- and deep taproot going down into the ground. So that could be the problem that he's having. Right, yeah. Also, you mentioned jacarandas. Yes. Not your favourite plant. Well, not your favourite plant. Not my favourite plant. My least favourite plant in the world. What's your, what's your beef with them? Well, I've got a, there's a number of beefs with the old jacaranda. They look fantastic at this time of year, and I, I guess it uh, makes me get angrier. At this time of year, yep. as, I, as I'm going around, because I see more of them, I'm more aware of them, so I get crankier and crankier all the time. But I see them in the urban area, and uh, look, they do have a beautiful purple flower at this time of year, but they're a big tree, and people have them in the urban areas. Uh, they drop their leaves, uh, they make a real mess, they drop their flowers, they make a real mess. I reckon they're one of the messiest trees you can have, and people often have them overhanging gutters. Uh, I wouldn't have one, you know, 25 to 50 metres away from the house, if at all, if at all. <laughs> well, it seems like we've got Peter back on the line. You there there, Pete? Yes, yes. Uh, um, okay, continue on, Peter. We'll see if we can okay, help you. Okay, we've got this stringy bark that's losing its bark. 
Right. And I'm wondering if um, it's on its way out or if there's anything should or could... Um, does it need the bark to um, feed itself? Oh, look, they, they, stringy barks do, just by their nature, lose their bark. Um, how old's the plant, mate? Oh, I'd say many, many years. It's huge. Oh, okay. So, look, something could be happening with it in that case. Uh, what I was just talking about when you um, gave us the old the beep then and, and went off, uh, we, we were starting to say that it could just be the dry conditions at the moment, although eucalypts, uh, you know, cope a lot better than most plants. Uh, you know, if it's your plant, for instance, was, uh, you know, in a shallow you know, area where it can only have a shallow root system, uh, that would be making the plant stressed at this point in time. Uh, mate, look, the only thing I can suggest is some slow watering. But it, honestly, if it's a, a very, very big tree, uh, you know, you're not going to have much effect on it. Uh, it's, it's that root system that needs to be deep down into the, uh, into the water table and getting a good old drink that's going to help the plant along and stop the stress of it. Right. Well, it's in in, in um, Alloa Reserve and not far from the creek. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So I imagine it's getting plenty of water. Okay. Look, it it may just be its time. Uh, right. You know, insects might have got into it. Borers might have got into it. Uh, and if it starts dropping its leaves and then starts dropping branches, and you see ban- branches going bare. Uh, that's probably the time to get an arborist in to have a look at that and uh, maybe give it a tidy up and just see if you can save it that way. All oh, right, okay. okay. Um, and the second question was, um, how do you propagate a tree fern? Yeah, so tree ferns propagate from the spores in underneath the leaves. And right. uh, at certain times of year, you'll see what looks like, uh, I guess, a, a bronzy, coppery, uh, you know, lo- little powder uh, coming in under the, uh, the fronds of uh, ferns. And that's how all ferns actually propagate. Uh, you can't really take cuttings of them. Uh, so you need to wait until they spore like that and try and gather some of those spores up and uh, see if they'll grow for you, I guess is the best way to talk about it. Um, very difficult to do. Uh, it, oh. might, it might be that, uh, you know, when you see that uh, that dust starting to form, those spores forming under the leaves, you actually cut one of those leaves off and, uh, you know, try and put it into, you know, or part of that leaf into a brown paper bag um, so that it can still breathe. Uh, but yep. you actually give it a shake and try and catch those spores in the uh, in the uh, paper bag and then sprinkle those spores. Well, you've got some happy magpies there, mate. That's very nice. <laughs> Uh, and then and then sprinkle those spores over some seed raising mix and see if you can get them to grow that way. All right. Okay. Okay. That's terrific. Thank you very much. Okay. And yeah, no, give that magpie a nice pat for us. Yeah. Sure. Okay. See Cheers, ya. Peter. Bye. And Scott, you mentioned gardenias a bit earlier. Of course, we're talking about gardenias. Yeah, gardenias. They're one of those plants that uh, I guess they fall off the radar, off the end of the table every now and again, but they are a really great staple plant to have in the garden. Uh, a really bright, lustrous uh, green leaf on them. At this time of year, they're uh, really flowering and they have a very, very fragrant perfume about them. Uh, that's the one great bonus about them. The other great bonus is that they come in varying sizes, I guess. You can get them as a ground cover, which is called radicans. Uh, then there's another one called ocean pearl, which is slightly taller, about, uh, I don't know, half a metre to 75 centimetres tall. Uh, then you can go up to uh, Gardenia Florida, which gets to about one and a half metres tall. And then finally, Magnifica. It's got the biggest flower, uh, but gets to a bit over two metres. Right. It has the, uh, I guess, the largest leaves. Uh, look, for my pick, I always say Florida's the best one. It's very good for hedging. Uh, you can actually just yeah, hack at it with the shears or with the, the hedger, and it'll make a very, very nice plant. We'll grow out in the full sun. We'll also tolerate some shade as well. Uh, so it will tolerate, uh, you know, maybe getting it out of the sun in the afternoon. Uh, certainly they'll flower a lot longer for you then. The only t- time this, uh, the only problem they have is at this time of year when they're flowering, they will often get yellow leaves on them because 
they're putting all the iron and the magnesium uh, in the soil uh, into that new growth and into the flowers of the plant. So, so people might think they're not well. Yeah, and uh, look, the other thing is that they get a bit uh, water stressed at this time of year as well when they're putting on all that new growth. So at this time of year, yeah, look, uh, trace elements, uh, iron chalates, uh, some magnesium and plenty of water and uh, you'll have a very, very beautiful gardenia. Uh, Professor Pucci's an, another one. Uh, look, it, it's uh, a good name. Yeah, it is a great name, isn't it? Professor Pucci. Uh, that professor needs to be in Cluedo, I reckon. <laughs> the, botan- the botanical Cluedo. <laughs> or it sounds like a cartoon dog or something. It does, doesn't Professor it? Professor Pucci. Yeah, Professor Pucci. The Adventures of Professor Pucci. Pucci would be very good. A very nice plant. Uh, look, about the same size as Florida, perhaps just a touch bigger. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, gardenia is a fantastic staple plant to have in the garden just to fill up some gaps uh, or create a hedge if you need to. And lovely fragrance this time of year. And we've got Helen from Stockton. She's got a question about gardenias. Hey, Helen, how are you going over there in Stockton? I'm going all right. bit smoky over here. We can't figure out where it's coming from, but anyway, okay. because obviously there's a fire somewhere. How can, we um, he- how can we help with your gardenias? Well, um, my mother gave me one about 10 years ago, and it's very sad. It hasn't got many leaves. It doesn't even look like a gardenia. Mm-hmm. And my mother's passed away now, so I really need to save it. So I just, like, it gets plenty of water. Because we've got spear point over here, so, yeah, like, it gets watered regularly and yeah okay so look the other problem with uh, you know with the well, I, can't, I shouldn't say the other problem with living in stockton because we haven't talked about the first problem yet but the, look the problem with living in stockton and having gardenias uh, is that it's very sandy soil over there so the nutrients run down through that soil very very easily uh, so you're watering it you're doing all the right things there but uh, you're going to have to give it some organic food and i would strongly recommend getting some cow manure and, cow manure? Yeah, feeding it heavily with cow manure. Uh, yep. So, you know, it might be half a bag around it. Uh, okay. And leave that for a month or so just to, you know, until it into the soil if you can and water it down through and then maybe another half a bag in a month. Uh, you just really need to try and build up that organic matter around yep. uh, the gardenia and the sandy soil over there in Stockton. Okay, then. Awesome. And then, look, in addition to that, you can also do the trace elements as well because, uh, likewise, they just run straight down through the soil. So uh, you probably need to be a bit more regular about that. Um, Give it a prune, and uh, I reckon you'll have a really nice plant. Awesome. Thank you very much for your help. Okay, thanks, Helen. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. And we've got Dick from Stockton, and he's got a question about the grapevine. Hello, Dick. How can we help you, mate? Hi. Um, yes, I put in a uh, white ladyfinger grapevine, just a small one, probably a small plant, and I'm finding that, um, oh, this is probably six weeks ago, and I'm finding the leaves coming up. I'm getting a brown edge around them, and uh, when I feel the edge of it, it tends to be very crisp. It's breaking off. Yeah, so My lack of water, or is it? Uh, unfortunately, uh, that's all it's going to be. Especially uh, in Stockton, where it's a bit sandy and the the water drains away. Uh, so look, yes, any any crisp in any dryness around the outside of the leaves of a plant, and generally the new leaves as well, just means that they've dried out a little bit at some point in time. Oh right, and um, I noticed uh, you mentioned about trace elements to a lady earlier. Yes. That, um uh, I've got one that's probably got nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium. Is that probably a good trace element one to put in and uh, for Stockton, like the sandy oil, the soils and that? Yes, look, that, that'll be fine. Look, any sort of, uh, in those sandy areas, any sort of uh, nutrient you give a plant is going to be helpful. Uh, so that's going to help with the flowering of the plant, the leafy growth of the plant. Uh, so yes, look, go for it, use that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, put a bit of copper oxychloride on. I wasn't too sure. I thought it might have been a, 
a fungal mm-hmm. side or something, but if you're mentioning it's just water, how often should I probably do the watering like each day or every second day or something like that? Or? Yeah, look, you could probably water each day at the moment, especially when it's windy and dry. Uh, look, just getting back to that copper oxychloride you're talking about, you haven't done any yep. harm, but what's going to happen with your grapevine, especially on the coast when we get to those humid periods of the year, uh, very mm. susceptible to downy mildew. Uh, yep. That's why you don't see uh, grapes growing on the coast very very often. So you will be needing to use that uh, copper oxychloride or either Mancozeb Plus to keep that downy mildew under control. Right. Okay. Should I protect the plant at all, like with some netting around it with the heat and that at this stage when it's very young or just let it exposed to the sun would be okay. Oh, look, exposed to the sun's fine, but if you want to create some sort of windbreak at the moment is to take that, uh, you know, really sort of searing wind away from it, that's certainly, uh, you know, something you can do. Um, yeah, and look, that downy mildew uh, pr- um, sort of produces itself as a, a white, almost cotton, um, oh, okay. wool-looking yeah. fuzz underneath the leaf of the plants, and then you'll see the plants start to brown off in those areas. So that's when you need to use that uh, fungicide. Okay. Thanks very much, Scott. That's okay. great. Okay. okay. Thanks, though. Okay. Have a nice Cheers. afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye. We've got Ross now from Glendale, and he's got a question about parasitic grapes. Mm, I saw a movie about that the other night, but I don't think that's what Ross has got at <laughs> Glendale. How can we help you, Ross? <laughs> you must tell me what the movie is. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I've been told that it's um, a wild fig, and it's currently taking root in a pine tree, a privet hedge, and an oleander. And it's practically taken over the oleander. My question is, if I give it a little bit of tender loving care with something like Roundup, mm-hmm. will it also kill the um, support plant? Do you know the one it's thriving on? Yeah, so is, is it strangler fig that you've got? Often you see them up in palm trees and wrapped around palm trees and getting quite large. Is that what you think it is? Uh, do you describe that as sort of a vine? Because this isn't, it's it's like growing into a full tree, full-blown tree. Yeah, it sounds like you've got strangler fig in that case. Uh, yeah. Look, yes, you could, uh, if you're very, very careful, go and spray those individual leaves and try and take the plant out that way. You just have to be extremely careful about it. Oh, I'd paint it. I'd paint it on. Yeah, look, I think you yeah. could. I think you could definitely safely do that. Um, otherwise, so you're, you're, where are the roots just wrapping around the, your existing plants? Can you tra- trace them back down to the ground? Uh, well, in the case of the pine tree, it's growing out of the roots of the pine tree. Okay. Um, with the oleander, as I said, it seems to have become its own entity with a yes. small bit of the oleander still existing. Uh, yes, yeah, so look, you can you can either paint that uh, roundup on there, or if you are able to trace it back to a definite trunk or you know stem going down into the ground, you can cut it there, and then drill into that if possible, and put a, a chemical called oh yes yeah tree and blackberry killer into it and kill it that yep. way yeah yep. I think it's got a very very nice bloom on it, and it's very pleasant odour, but it's taking over everything. I'm wondering I'm wondering if you might even have moth creeper in that case. Does it form a big seed pod like a choco? No. No, I've seen that elsewhere though on 
one of the others on where it's growing on the privet hedge tree. Yeah, moth, moth creep is it's particularly, it's a very bad, it's not really a parasite because you can actually trace the root system back down into the ground, but uh, it just grows and grows. And then when those choco-like seed pods explode, uh, these little puffballs of seed just go everywhere. So uh, look, if you can keep that under, if that's what you've got, uh, you can try and keep that under control as well because yeah, moth creep, it's a very bad plant to have in the garden. Yeah, well, I've seen that on one up, one out of the three instances of this, but uh, not on the other two. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Ross. Well, good. I'm not going to kill off the. No, no. As long as you're careful with it, you're yeah. just not spraying willy nilly, or we'll be well. No, it's paint. Definitely paint. Okay. Good on you, Ross. Thanks very much for that. Okay. Thank thanks, you. mate. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. That's some good names today. Moth creeper. Moth creeper. Professor yeah. Pucci. Yeah, we're just talking about parasitic plants. Parasitic plants. Yeah. That sounded a bit very alien, didn't it? It did sound a bit first. alien, yes. Yeah. So the movie I watched was called Life, and an alien came to life on the spaceship, of course, and did oh, bad okay. things, yeah. So there we go. Typical. Answered Ross, Ross's question there. <laughs> the movie was called Life. Life, yes. It sounds cliche. But I hope it's not happening out there at Glendale. Typically profiling aliens as being bad people. Yeah, well, it was a bad creature. <laughs> And we've got Shelley from Western. Scott, she needs some advice about getting rid of weeds. Always a problem in the garden. Shelley, how can we help you? Oh, hi, Scott. I heard you talking a minute ago about um, a weed called moth creeper. Yes, yeah, vine. It's a, yeah, called moth creeper. Okay, it's like a, cho- a choco-like pod. And when the pod bursts, little seeds fly everywhere. Yes, that's the one. How do I get rid of it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, I, I, I keep digging it out. Yes, um, it's in under in under our hedging. Um, I keep digging it out. And I've tried poisoning it, and that hasn't worked. So, yeah, it I seems, just make sure it doesn't get up and get any pods on it. It it, it seems to love uh, getting into hedges because it, it just gets hidden in there, and people don't necessarily see it. And it's also hard to do. Look, I, whenever I find some in a in a plant, I always just try and trace it back uh, to the ground. And yeah, I know, where, I know where its roots are. Yeah, and now have you just tried to pull that out? The other thing, when you try and pull that root system out, it can break very easily because it seems to be quite fragile. I just yeah. very carefully try and pull it out of the ground as much as possible and just kill it oh. off that way and then keep an eye that it doesn't come back. Yeah, yeah. I've, well, I've, I've totally stopped it going up into the hedge, which is good. Good, good. Get down on the hands and knees and crawl in under the hedge and start digging. Yeah, look, unfortunately, that seems to be the only way to get rid of it. Uh, you obviously can't spray it because of, uh, you know, where it is, uh, you know, mm-hmm. going through plants. I guess it's a little bit easier if it's over the top of, um, uh, you know, like and more woody sort of plants. But, uh, yeah, look, certainly if it's it's through creepers, very, very difficult to get rid of. It's a native of New Zealand, so they've brought something a little bit nasty over here as well. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, we sent them our possums. They've sent over the moth creeper. Oh, can we just swap it back? <laughs> oh, I wish we, I wish we could. Uh, and I think some people let them go as well because they think they are chocos. But uh, look, as you've seen, once those uh, choco-like seed pods explode, they just go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and I found, I found the little plants coming up all over the place. And as soon as I see any, I get in and dig them out. So. Yes, yeah. Uh, look, yeah, very important. As soon as you see that plant going through your hedge or up a tree, uh, you have to try and, try and pull it out. I guess, the, how would you describe it? I'd say they've more got a, a grey... Uh, hued to the leaf um, yeah. yeah and and that makes you know you can't pick it out uh, in a you know in a hedge that way if you've got a nice bright green hedge you can see that dull uh, gray green that they've got they're almost like the color of an olive leaf they are yes yeah and they get a, a purple uh, sorry a pink or a, a white flower on them as well um, but yep. yeah once they're to that stage uh, you know you, you really need to get onto it because otherwise seed pods are going to form 
the, the first year we were here, um, I, I thought, all right, it's Choco's going up in the in the hedge until the until the pods started to burst, and then I realised that worked. Yeah, see, that, that, that's where it is. It's a trap for young players, that one. So uh, it's, it's caught you out, but uh, hopefully you're on top of it now. I think I'm sort of on top of them. I just keep, I'll just keep digging them out. Okay. Good, okay, thank you very good idea, much. Shirley. Have a nice afternoon. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. You've really got to stay on top of it then, don't you? Just keep digging them out and... Yeah, look, that's the only way to get rid of it. Uh, you can't spray. Uh, I was thinking there's an organic uh, weed spray you can get called Slasher, which uh, but it, it sort of just burns the leaves of plants out. But uh, look, once it's through a hedge, I think you'd really need to um, act like a, a detective and uh, like in a game of Cluedo and, and trace your way back to find where that stem's going into the ground. It could be that there's multiple stems going into the ground and then just very, very carefully try and prise that root system out of the ground and then you'll find it just dies off uh, completely before your eyes. If you see any of the choco-like seed pods, try and cut them out, uh, stick them in a plastic bag and put them in the garbage and dispose of them that way so they don't spread anymore. But uh, yeah, look, a really uh, difficult plant to get rid of. I've even been known if I'm walking along um, and I see one in someone's hedge out the front, or I, I notice one hang, you know, going over a fence, I'll actually grab it and pull it out to kill it because um, I'm just doing a good Samaritan thing by getting rid of moth creepers. <laughs> just patrolling the neighbourhoods. Oh, yeah, I'm like Mothman going out <laughs> getting rid of... <laughs> Scotch up, we're almost out of time for another week, but before you go, you mentioned celeriac. Celeriac, or celeriac, as celeriac. I, I've been uh, calling it... Uh, most uh, incorrectly for some time now. How long have you been calling it celeriac? Well, for a little <laughs> while now. I really only took notice of it because I've been eating it in a, a salad, a kale salad, kale and anchovy salad. Okay, I've, nice. I've been having very, very tasty. I should bring bring some in for you. But, yeah, the um, celeriac... Cel- oh, celeriac. <laughs> is, uh, is, uh, yeah, look, it is a funny little plant. It's actually um, related to the, the celery plant. Uh, trouble with it, it takes about three to four months to grow and it's a funny-looking, ugly bowl that grows under the ground and I just get it and I cut it into things but it's quite a nice it's like uh, a potato sort of thing isn't it or? yeah it's, it's, you eat it raw it's quite nice to eat um, look it, it will take a little bit of shade uh, but look it's that time period I think it's about five bucks when you buy it at the shop so it's not cheap to buy as one thing but uh, yes um, celeriac is the celeriac. way yeah now when I'm making my lasagna I have some becamel sauce as well and I believe I've been mispronouncing that one I don't know how you've mispronounced Bechamel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was B camel, you know, like the little bee in the camel, and I've been getting in some trouble about that for the last twenty minutes or so. Oh, Scott, that's brilliant. That's made my day. <laughs> I won't. I won't talk about the actor in Life, that movie we were talking about either. What was his name? Jake Guy Gyllenhaal, or anyway, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Home. Scott Sharp. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much. I'm leaving it up to keep him with plants now. <laughs> It's the first time I've ever corrected you as well. This is a big day for me. Three three in one day. (laughs) Scott Sharp, thank you very much. We'll catch you again next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.